Alright, hey entrepreneurs, um, welcome back to Clickboard by Talimia, the one-stop podcast for early stage African startups. If you're in the early stage of building anything, you would find one resource every week, specifically on Fridays, right here on Clickboard to launch, to build, to grow and scale your startup. So today, um, I have an interesting person. Um, we, we got up chatting earlier before you know we jumped on Clickboard. So um, I have... Barinada. I don't know if I pronounced that very well. I'm not so good with names. Uh, you did, Dr. So, Brinida. Interesting. No, you did. I did. Oh, I didn't yes. say Brinida. Okay, Barinada. I, I said Barinada. So, um, what we normally do is to have our guests, you know, introduce themselves. Of course, they'll be able to tell us um, something much more um, specific or what they want to put out there um, as regards um, what they do and the solution that they provide. So, I'll let Barinada, make the introduction. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, Victor. So, my name is Barinada, like he has mentioned, and I am a tech lawyer. I'm also a startup founder. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's because, um, so my friend Barinada Legal is a startup serving other startups. And basically, what we do is to help um, startup founders, you know, get the legal aspects of their business right from the word go. Mm-hmm. Would they hope to position you as a fit and proper business that anyone would want to do business with? And basically, we're not out to, you know, cater for every kind of business person out there. I mean, we're specific about business people who have growth mindset, who are looking to scale, who mm. are looking to build structured businesses. Mm. Not everyone wants to do that. Some people just want to be able to make money and you know go by, I mean, those kind of business owners are not our ideal clients. So um, to help us do that, we leverage social media, yeah. especially um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have a community on Facebook with over 3,700 members currently where we share insights on law and business Mm. and of course I have written a couple of books that are specifically directed at startup founders so I have the ultimate startup guide for co-founders which basically so I realized that and in my line of work as a lawyer um, I get a lot of people come to me and say oh Bernard I want to register a business Bernard I will have this you know, idea, me and my partner, but beyond the ownership of the idea and all of that, they don't know any other thing about how to actually put the business out there, mm. legally speaking. So um, the book helps them to get clarity on what kind of conversation they should be having, what kind of question they should be having, because at the end of the day, everything, every decision you make as a business owner, as a startup founder has legal implication. True. So... Yeah, that helps you get clarity. Then, of course, we have the how to split equity, okay. which basically, I mean, at the forefront of of any startup is how to split equity. Very true. So that helps you to you know get that part out of the way. Then um, I started podcasting once, but I stopped. I have <laughs> a few episodes, but I'm probably going to continue. Go back. So to let me just stop here. And no, let me add that uh, I'm an international speaker. <laughs> I was, was really I was on the panel of um, 
the first Afro-Asian Painted Festival mm. that held in Nairobi, Kenya, 2019. And I was the only female panelist there. Interesting. Let me brag about that. Wow, that's it. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, we don't so have we a bell for about law, business, and you know, the challenges that SMEs and startups face in Africa. All right. Fantastic. Thanks a lot. Um, I think I can call you BL um, for the purpose of this podcast. So BL, um, that's very um, great introduction. So just launch right into, you know, today's conversation, which is around um, how do I choose a co-founder legally? So I understand that, you know, that's one of the challenges of early stage startups, you know. So I'm building a business. I have an idea and um, I've fleshed it out and everything. So I'm ready to now start welcoming people on board. And again, I have to, you know, be able to, again, we, one of the things we preach at Tarmia is collaboration and co-creation. So you really can't build alone, else you're going to crash alone. So you need to have somebody on the team. So, but people are also scared. Oh, I don't want to put my idea out there. I don't want to expose my solutions to another human being. You know, and um, so how do I choose a co-founder? Do I just go on Facebook or Instagram and say, I'm looking for a co-founder? If you if you fit in, apply or something. So how does this thing work? Like, what are the legal implications and how can early stage startups, right, you know, get it right from the get-go in terms of, you know, choosing a co-founder? Yeah, so like I like to put it, if you want to go fast, probably should go alone Mm. but if you want to go far you should go with someone or go with people Mm. because of course you know two good heads are better than one Uh, that being said how to choose a co-founder the right way Um, I heard you mention the confusion that some founders face like oh should I go on social media and all that so there is really no hard and fast rule about where you can find a co-founder the question is more about what kind of qualities or what factors should guide me in choosing a co-founder. Mm. Now, bearing in mind that I said whatever decision you make has legal implication. Now, choosing the right co-founder um, would mean that, first of all, you need to actually understand your business, okay. your business model. Mm. because. It's only when you understand your business that you know the kind of person that can help you achieve your objective. Yeah. Right? So I'm starting a law firm. By the way, if um, if I wanted a partner, like if I know that was an LLP, yeah. I shouldn't co-found with a non-lawyer because the law says you cannot, you know, share profits or do whatever with a non-lawyer. Okay. Right? And that's because I'm, I'm talking about it in terms of my startup law firm, mm. my firm being a startup law firm. Mm. So, if I understand the kind of terrain, the industry I play in, it will be easy for me to say, okay, this is the kind of person that I think I want on board. Yeah. But beyond that, again, it still boils down to understanding the entire business structure. Mm. So, you know, there are different aspects, there are different parts that actually make up the business um, system, right? Yeah. So you have marketing, you have legal, you have HR, you probably have, um, I mean, you're the brand strategy. Yeah. So you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. You have those different aspects. So the issue is getting a co-founder on board and then you really don't need so much. You don't need such a large pool of people. In fact, ideally, you probably need about two to three persons and every other person can be maybe a staff or um, an independent contractor or whatever. So the question, the real question is what factors 
would I need to consider to ensure that at least I bring on board someone who can help me achieve my aims and objectives? Mm. And for that, I would say, think about someone who has complementary skills. Complementary skills. Yes, you know, someone whose skills can complement your skill. And also think about someone who has access to maybe the kind of network that you do not have. Mm. You know but you know would be good for the progress of your business mm. then also think about someone who probably has a cash money you don't have money mm. of course you know that you don't have or who has access to bringing the cash because really cash is important yeah money is important that's yeah. why we're all in business yeah so if you have a rainmaker on board if, if there is that possibility to onboard a rainmaker then that's fine then I like to see the co-founder relationship as a marital relationship. Okay. By all means, get to know the person that you're going into business with, that you're co-founding your startup with. So you can't say, oh, if you go on social, it's, it's like going on social media and asking, I'm, I'm looking for a wife, please, you fit into the room, you know, <laughs> come on board. That doesn't work. Yeah. Anyhow you look at it, it's closely related to the marital relationship. Because, yeah. I mean, you want to be sure that trust is there so even why i had mentioned all of these things you know someone with complementary skills someone that has the assets that or the network that you probably need but you don't have access to you want to be sure that you've checked the trust issue you know like both of you are on the same page someone mm. who understands your vision mm. so that you won't end up being the only one who is doing all the work and then nobody's doing anything so um so getting getting people who understand what you're building and who are willing to go on the journey with you is very key so if you if you if you cannot trust anyone don't do business with them even if the person is a family member okay so yeah i've talked about where you can find them there's really no specific place and then i've talked about um, sometimes so you might want to you might want rather than jumping you know you know, and i'm still going to mention it i said it's like a marital relationship so sometimes you want to observe the person before jumping into getting married to the person i be i mean you want to get to know them yeah so in your business in your in starting up your you know your firm or your company you can actually get to know the person maybe by working on similar projects or whatever metrics you're going to use to see if this person really fits the rule because having a co-founder comes a lot of responsibilities such as so what you're a co-founder it means that you're probably going to get shares and equity yeah and you know there is that implication of what happens if six months down the line i realize that i made a mistake with my co-founder and oh i made we even made a further mistake because we really did not even know how to share equity i mean split equity and all of that so mm. this person has 50 percent and He's not delivering, he's not meeting up to expectation. So you're stuck, but there's 50% of your company's equity stuck somewhere with someone who is not really interested in your startup. What do mm. you do? So at the end of the day, you realize that these are decisions that you have to, you ought to have taken from the beginning. From the get-go. So mm. from making one mistake in relation to how or who you bring on board as a co-founder, you already see the multiple effects that it has on the overall business. Yeah. So um it's important that we get it right and I would always say speak with a lawyer, not just any lawyer. Yeah. Because trust me, and this is not to say that other lawyers aren't good, but speak with Barinada. <laughs> well, Victor said that. <laughs> Victor said that, but yes, if you speak with BL, we'll be able to guide you properly. I mean, 
when I was pregnant, I was going to see my gynecologist. Okay. I was I was going to I wasn't going to meet the dentist. Mm. Do you understand? Even though they are both doctors. So some lawyers may have expertise in other areas yeah. that are not strictly and even when they say oh, I'm a business lawyer, like you're in the tech space. Speak exactly. with someone who understands the tech, the space. tech space. Yeah, context, right? yeah. Exactly. So yeah, context, really important. I guess Yeah, so um Speaking on, um, on a train of your thought around, you know, because um, I've had that issue, a certain friend of mine, you know, told me that, hey, man, I think I registered this business, you know, did all the shares and all of that. Maybe we can even start before I, I jump into that question. Yeah. Can you quickly differentiate between shares and equity? What is shares and are they the same thing? You know, are they different? How can you? So equity is basically ownership. Okay. Shares is the unit of the ownership. Oh, so so if I have equity in your business, I have shares. So you can be an equity holder. So the way equity works, but I, I want us to be contextual. All right. So for the purpose of this discussion, we're focusing solely on companies registered as limited liability company or company yeah, limited yeah. by shares. Yeah. Why I'm saying that is because equity can also be used in a business name or oh, enterprise really? setting okay. because I said it is ownership in the generic form. Okay. But for the purpose of context, we mean in relation to tech startups, in relation to, you know, businesses registered as LLCs. Hmm. So if you're a shareholder, yeah. they have an equity stake. Okay. So if you have ten percent equity. Okay. If the overall share capital base of the company is probably one million, one million, yeah, it means you have hundred thousand units of shares. Hundred thousand units of shares of the one million share capital. That would, that's what would earn you ten percent equity. So, so Bill, I like money and numbers. What is your technical <laughs> jargons? How much do I have in the company? So, if I have ten percent equity, one thousand, hundred thousand units of shares. Put that in money terms what, what, how does that translate into money for me well that's a function of the valuation of the company at great. the time we're talking about great so, right so that's why i said if at this time at the point of incorporation i mean your value is almost zero your value is almost zero yeah yes but okay. you know for the purpose of incorporating before incorporation you're almost zero no matter how brilliant your idea is oh. now when you incorporate based on the share capital that you choose okay. if you say one million shares you're saying oh this is this is the it's not saying this is how much we have mm. it's saying this is the total number of shares that we have to raise whatever amount of money we want mm. Mm. i don't know if you understand okay i mean i'm also trying to ask on behalf of <laughs> because Lisa, are you sure this is the conversation you want to have, <laughs> we need to have anyway let's even move to the question right okay so, um i've done the registry so let's say I, I i i have a solution and i call my my two friends say guys let's and um, i am the more strategy person yeah you know um let's use a hypothetical name kunle is more of a technology person you know the web things interface ui ux and all that stuff and then you have um um Tunde, right, on the other hand, who is more marketing inclined, sales driven, yeah. you know, push the idea out there. So and so let's let's form a company, right? It's my solution. It wasn't that three of us brainstormed. It's your together. idea. It's my idea, right? I invited them to the table. Yeah. And I say, you know what? 
and then I thought it over and let's say I didn't consult a lawyer or I didn't consult BL and then I said you know what I'm going to give myself 70 and then I'll give them 15 15 and then along the line you know Kunle or Tunde or even both of them begin to mess up what would I do and then my company has gone to a level where we've not raised the first money we've gone above precede you know so we're already booming we have staffs and all of that but I'm worried about you know um, Kunle and Tunde not putting in so much time because they have other side gigs and everything and they are not putting as much efforts commiserate to the amount of shares they have what would I do as an you know as an early stage let's even say um, I've not even raised money or anything but again we're doing stuff what, what, what am I going to do at that instance how do I kick them out or what, what would you what would you say okay as a um, tech startup lawyer <clears throat> So first, I would blame you for okay. not doing the right thing. Okay. <laughs> That's just by the way. Yeah. Um, this happens all of the time. I mm. mean, these are issues that I get to, you know, have all of the time. And be, now you have to rephrase your question by saying, okay, let's say you haven't even raised money. I haven't even raised money. Because yeah. I was going to say, if, if you've gotten to a point yeah. where you've raised money, that means there are some things it's you've true. done right. I thought about it. Exactly. Yes, there are some things you've done right legally. So you haven't mm. raised money, raise but money, yeah. you just realized that wait, these guys are not even putting They're not their putting work. Yeah, yeah, possibly you've launched. You've launched, yes. Yeah. MVP so, and all of those things. Yeah. Um, it would be to have a conversation with them first. First understand why they are underperforming okay and try and see depending on when all of this thing happened mm. let's say it's happening within the first six months okay if it is happening within the first six months it's relatively new mm. and within that time it's also expected that maybe you're still doing some processes documentation and all of that so yeah if possible you can quickly conjure up of course with the help of your lawyer conjure up documents that ensures that they but this is after you've had that conversation with them and you're sure that they actually still want to be a part of your startup yeah or you understand exactly what their challenge are yeah the challenges you know what, what the challenges they've been having yeah so if you're able to have that conversation based on the outcome of the conversation you, you will guide you in knowing okay whether to revisit the relationship and to begin to insist on some certain documentation mm. for example one of the things that I always tell early stage founders as a starting up because remember i said it's a marital relationship okay now why this is even why it is a bit less of an actual marital relationship is because you can put in certain laws that gives you the right to opt out when certain things are not in place mm. so that's why i would say beyond having a co-founder agreement mm. or, an, or a shareholder agreement which is paramount yeah. anyway yeah i am more concerned about the content of the agreement mm. and it's important that to have clauses such as you know vesting provisions interesting in place mm. if there was a vesting clause in your own case based on performance metrics because of course you can decide to vest your shares over a period of four years it can be time bound or it can be based on performance okay so if there was and for me what i like to do is beyond time bound i also like to include the performance metrics okay provision as well so that it's not just about the fact that you stayed with us for three years or yeah. for four years yeah. have you actually been active have mm. you been you know performing within that time frame so 
if it's happening within six months for example and there was a vesting provision or there was a shareholders agreement to the vesting provision it would be easy to you know say okay you know what you haven't followed up you haven't really been delivering and of course after having that conversation you know whether it's really something they want to go ahead if they don't want to go ahead it's pretty easy they opt out and the, the shares fall back to the company mm. but in the absence of any agreement co-founder agreement shareholders agreements vesting clauses it will be based on negotiation basically mm. Mm. because we're even like that's even an issue we're having mm. right now but but I can kick people out like uh, as the as the you owner can of the you can but it's good to do the, do do things the right way like okay. because you're because you're all involved mm. and because for early stage founders especially when they're registering as LLCs there's really no separation of um, function in terms of shareholders and directors mm. Mm. so you have the same set of people doubling as shareholders and directors. So if this person has shares and you're kicking them out, are you taking back your shares back? Mm. That's why I said to have to be based on conversation and negotiation. And of course, if it now looks like, oh, this this is not working, then of course you can use your majority shareholder power. Mm. Mm. As per you have 70% and maybe yeah. they have, you know, this yeah. and say this. But there are, there are times that it gets really tough that the only remedy would just be, you know what, oh yeah, dissolve the company or oh. exactly let everybody just go and rest. Wow. If possible, you can go and restart the same idea again, idea again. You know, doing the right things. But you have to use another name and all those things. Well, depending on on the owner, you know, of course, starting the company is based on collaboration, like you rightly said. Yeah. So if all you had was just the idea and maybe the, the name or whatever was someone else's idea, and if things fall out yeah maybe you might have to you know change but if it is still that early it's still okay to change oh awesome so so guys text us your question at talimia um, um hq at gmail.com just in case you want to you know you have some things you you want to ask you know um so i'll paint two more scenarios you know and then we can close out the, f- the first one would be i have registered so when i was registering um, the business, right? I wasn't sure who. I have a couple of friends that were just discussing, but they are all doing their stuff, right? So we didn't have any conversation around whether co-founder is or not co-founder. That. So I just went ahead and registered. So I just put somebody, just any, but maybe my family or my, just maybe even my cousin, right? And then I registered. So I didn't want to allocate shares because I wasn't sure who was going to. And then now that I'm now ready and it looks like my other friends are ready to jump on board, how can I get them committed seeing that I'm registered and I can no longer, or is it possible to go remove my cousin and give them shares or like, how do I go about that? I've, I've incorporated, but they are coming on board and, you know, so it's a two-edged um, question. The first would be, how do I remove my cousin who is not really like a figurehead? Remove my cousin and then put them. And how do I say, you know what, I want to leave it the way it is? And what else can I offer them to keep them committed? Apart from salary or something, something beyond salary. Hmm. So, the first part of the question borders on posting corporation changes. And this is something that happens 
it can happen every now and then depending on turnout of events in the startup mm. i mean even if you didn't this is not a scenario it could be that maybe you just saw a fresh talent that you know oh god i cannot pay this guy you but yeah i really want this guy on board, on board. yeah you know and you're like i'll give you five percent equity i'll give you two percent mm. equity mm. depending on your agreement with the guy yeah you will still need to make changes mm. and you can thankfully the the um, limited liability companies for private companies you have membership limit is 50 persons but obviously it is outrageous and doesn't make any sense to have as much as 50 persons for a startup <laughs> on board as you know yeah but in this case you've just rightly said that your it's not like you, you used your family members for the purpose of convenience and just maybe mm. to meet up with the requirements of the law of the law and yeah. then maybe to also really study your on the study yeah yeah mm your co-founders to be sure that you really want them on board now to be honest and I, I like to put this that even when you we're talking about um 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 employee stock option okay right it doesn't it doesn't replace the place of salary okay. because if you want people to be committed like show commitment that's why one of the you know in my book how to split equity i talked about the factors to consider okay you know before you decide who owns what percent or why should i get 10 percent or 20 percent so one of the factors is the risk taking mm. so these guys have been doing their own thing the kind of commitment they're expecting are you expecting that they leave their jobs are they family people mm. are you expecting that they leave whatever it is they've been doing yeah. to build your startup with you yeah right mm. so if that's your expectation it means that they have to be alive to do the work right there has to be, exactly. some money, has to be uh, something that comes yeah, for them yeah so even if you're not going to say salary it could be some form of stipend mm. you know that keeps them at least motivated mm. And because they're not employees, except if you're bringing them on board as employees. As employees, yeah, which is clear. Which is clear. Mm. So you could say that, okay, so there's the salary place, but everything is a functional negotiation. We're all just starting, mm. right? So if you're lucky to get employees that understand your vision with you and are ready to grow with you, yeah. they'll be ready to work with you on your level, at your level, you know, at the pace that you can afford. But you can go for that to say okay you know what i'm going to compensate you by giving you stock an okay. option to buy the shares okay and that's where we have employee stock option oh okay. so they are looking up they have something they, they are looking up to and so they can afford to stay with you hmm. you know when paystar got acquired yeah. i was just thinking about the employees that probably had stock options okay so now one of the things that happened in the event of when an exit event happens, yeah. because exits could be maybe an acquisition, acquisition or public. So yeah, yeah. If an acquisition happens, and let's say that you had the stock option for four years, because stock options are usually vested too. So for four years, and it was within two years, based that got acquired, right? Mm, yeah. It was less than five years. Yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. It was less than five years. Exactly. Yeah. Let's say within the third year. Third year. And that happens. And you know that the vesting period for the stock option has not actually you know, you know elapsed. Exactly. So it's, it's, there's always that question of what happens to the stock. Because the stock option is simply saying you can buy the shares at a later time, even though the company may not be worth 20 billion US dollars, but they gave you that option to buy at maybe 10 naira per share or 1 naira per share. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. So at that time you can exercise your right. So you can choose whether you want it to be accelerated, like 
as soon as we go public or as soon as we get acquired it's your your rights to purchase will automatically um occur yeah. right and then you can exercise your right so that's like gaining out or cashing out massively mm. so in that instance you know that works for them but beyond salary beyond stock options I can't wrap my head around how else you want people to get committed to, to, to yeah, yeah. at least for a long period of time. Awesome, awesome. Except if they are doing um, um, volunteerism. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you really cannot get so much from... You can't get so much yeah, commitment so at that level. You have yeah. to find a way around as a startup founder to strike a balance, yeah, while understanding your pocket and the fact that you're still growing. But, of course, you want maximum commitment from them, so you need to find a way to Something ensure that, that yeah. you get um, awesome. that. Wow, that's amazing learning here today. Uh, so I'd like to ask the final one before we close out, which is um, starting, I'm beginning my startup, you know, moved from the ideation stage, done my product brief and everything and say, you know what, I want, to, I want to take this to the next level, I want to get serious and I want to register. How do I exactly allocate shares? Like, is there like a hidden formula you guys know that you're hiding from, you know, from we startup founders? Like, is there, is there a hidden formula? How do I drag myself 100, 90, 10, 10, or, you have, or 80, 10, 10, 99, 0 0.5, 0, like, how do you do it? Because everybody's always thinking, what if I, if I say 50, um, 25, 25. What if tomorrow, you know, um, I get an I, I've heard somebody say things like, um, allocate more shares to yourself so that tomorrow, if you want to be able to bring someone on board, you can have to be able to release someone or something. Maybe you want to incorporate, let's say, um, BA wants to incorporate your baby into the company and they'll, they'll be able to have, you know, some amount of shares left. You know, so do you think, like, what's the formula for? Um, allocation of shares when you want to start a company is there a formula is there a playbook how do we well go about this uh, that's a very interesting one incidentally my book I, I never stop so you know why why it is so interesting what I do hmm. because I understand the issues people have always and okay. I create product around Documented it. I mean, it. just today, I got paid stack a lot. Somebody just bought your book, How to Split Equity. Oh. So in my head, I'm like, oh, another founder is in a dilemma and one solution. That's amazing. So how yeah. to, let, let's, uh, the books again, the first one is ultimate startup um, ultimate startup guide for co-founders co and then the next one is how, how to, to split, split equity, equity. so and guys e go look for way, it they are so ebooks yeah you can always consume wherever you are yeah go ahead yeah so um now i created an equity split table hmm. and when i say created like it's my creation yeah based on the factors that you should consider what determines who gets what so I don't have the table. Maybe I can even show you, you know, before you leave off, off the pod. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Love to see. So basically, the table helps you to know. I think there are about ten or so items, mm. or even more, maybe like fifteen or so. So it it helps you. It basically breaks down. It helps you to allocate points to each of the items, mm. and at the end of the day, you're able to calculate the item and say, okay, based on all of this, this is. Let's say it's a three-man group. This is what you get. This is what you get, and this is what I get. Now, some of the factors we consider. By the way, there are no hard and fast rules, and there is really no one size fits all. You know, 
rule as to how to split equity but because you mentioned something when we started telemia is about teaching and co-founders or startup founders you know business strategies from the african perspective you know and not from something that operates somewhere that really does not apply and you know for you to really get a good grasp of how all of these things happen i would like to talk about regulatory compliance a lot Mm. and even for how to split equity Mm. or for splitting equity there is a regulatory issue mm. with the CAC. Mm. So before last year, before the newcomer, mm. the law was, if you're going to issue equity, at least you must take up 25%. By taking up 25% means that, so you register a 1 million share capital company, yeah. and you're like three co-founders or three shareholders, yeah. owners of the business. Between or among all of you, at least 25% of the shares have to be issued out. Mm. Now, that means that you could have 75% on reserve. And that was a good policy. Mm. It's still a good policy. Mm. Right? And that means, again, you can decide that, okay, I, I, I don't know how this... You can let people earn their rights yeah. or earn their shares. or Rather than giving 50% or 20% outrightly to someone, mm. you can say, okay, I'm going to give you 5% now. Mm. Based on your performance in the next two years, we increase your shareholding you awesome. know awesome. your stake but with the new karma and the supposed need or the supposed ease of doing business that particular provision was you know removed mm-hmm. and the law now says take up the entire shares at the point of incorporation mm-hmm. so now that creates a problem of how do i even now does it mean that if we're just to okay since the law says take up the entire shares we just split 50 50 that's putting you in gen in, in danger as yeah, a startup founder very true so that's why the, how to split equity book still works in any case because mm. now you're not going to ask yourself what is this person bringing to the table, table. so mm. one of the factors and i'm just going to for the purpose of this i'm just going to mention three of the factors to consider okay so you're asking what is the value that this person is bringing to the table mm. So what are what that you remember I said how to get the right co-founder get yeah. complementary skills. So skills how yeah. valuable is this person's input? If I'm building a tech solution, obviously you know that you need a CTO. Yeah. Right. And like that person is is really key, the key man role. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to now put a figure to that. Like okay, for this person's value, let's say two percent or let's say three percent or let's say four percent. Mm. So you can choose. The equity table that I have in the how to split equity actually has you can choose your your scale mm. so you can have a on the scale of one to five yeah or you can have a scale of one to ten mm. so for that particular one I think we did a scale of one to five mm. so for value obviously co-founder A is bringing more value as a CTO you know because perhaps all I have is just the idea and that's also another factor to consider ownership of the idea who owns the idea so there's a point for that so it's like for everything you think about you're putting points to it Mm. so as to arrive at an equity split that is fair because if from the table you're seeing that wait to this guy you're not not bringing anything to the table Mm. the only thing you have is just the idea Mm. you're not providing marketing you're not doing you haven't taken as much risk you still want to maintain your nine to five i'm yeah. going to leave my job but i don't have a nine to five mm. i have a family to feed i'm taking mm. so much risk by building your startup yeah so there is a value there is a point for that so by the time you're adding up everything you probably say okay so it's like plus and minus when you add up oh founder co-founder a has like maybe 30 points or 28 points so basically it's okay get to an eight percent 
or get 15% or get 10%. Hmm. Now that's based on facts and factors that you can really, you know, see. Wow. So wow. it's not just to see it's a whole lot of it's, it's like it's a whole lot like it's we, we should do a master class like you get I mean we sh- I think we're guys we're launching zero to one um and I think I should bring BL on one of our zero to one sessions so we're just going to demystify you know um legal um, um nuances in tech you know because i mean building a traditional business i understand that building a tech business yeah people have argued it's similar it's still startup startup but the startup space is quite is sort of like different there's a lot of terminologies there's a way these things happen i mean you hear we are talking about you're in a tech solution you need a cto or something so maybe we need to bring um bl on our zero to one sessions that we're launching this july to come and talk about like let's demystify this i mean even my head is full right now so we need to demystify how what do what are the like i i think we need to have like a guy that says i'm starting a business step one right this is what should happen step two maybe step one can, can be when i'm you know incorporating the idea right step so, two know, funny it, enough i have a program on that i have a i have it because like I've thought about it for everybody. That's amazing. You know, so, so like we have all of what at this stage, at the idea stage, what are the things, legal things that you should consider. This awesome. You know, at the launch stage, this is it. At the hoping to scale stage, you know, this is it. Yeah. So you know, guys. I mean, um, I, I thought um, Barinada's post on um, Facebook, a particular group, Silicon Africa. I thought it was really amazing, incredible, and I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to connect with, I'm going to reach out because I mean, every time I see something that every early stage startup should have paid attention to or should pay attention to, you know. So, um, speaking of which, where can we get, you know, your books? How, like, is there a link that we need to yeah. infuse into the podcast or something? There's you a know? link. I'll share the link with you. Fantastic. So, so guys, on the description of the podcast, I'm going to drop the link where you can get, you know, Barry Nader's book. Of course, should you want to also um, um, contact her um, on the social media platforms, you want to give that out? Yeah. Um, Barry Nader, my, my page Barinada Bema Alexander. Okay. Uh, my community, law and business community. Law if you just search community. for law and business community, um, you can get in. Yeah. Instagram. Instagram yeah. But at barinada.legal. At barinada.legal. Yes. Um, LinkedIn as well. Then, of course, we have yeah, LinkedIn, Barinada Bema. Awesome. Then, um, of course, I think I have like three Instagram accounts, depending on what kind of content you want to consume. Fantastic. So, <laughs> if, if you're just looking to register your business, there's companyregistration.ng awesome yeah awesome then um of course there's anti-legal sense for and i'm still bringing back anti-legal sense Were you Anti- following yeah, anti-legal yes sense? i was following that as well anti-legal yeah. sense yeah so yeah. yes i was following that i remember um, it. i think you should bring that. it back you know you yeah so the, the issue is the the one of the girls that was playing the character that was playing madam yeah, blessing for yeah. me yeah she left oh so and sad. then my staff currently they cannot act to save their life <laughs> So I'm still, I'm still cool. wrapping my head around, around how that, to get the yeah. ideal person. So before we go, guys, I'll let um, BL give us final words. You know, what would be your final, if we were to etch these words, you know, with gold, what would be your final words? <laughs> um, the legal aspect of your business mm. is as important as um, your, I mean, the business itself. So um, the earlier you get legally protected, 
the better for you. It's better to be careful than to be sorry. Mm. And trust me, um, damage control, especially when it has to do with Lega, can really be very expensive. Mm. And in some cases, it might even cripple your business. So the earlier you get um, if a lawyer involved in your business, basically, the better for you. Oh, thanks a lot, um, Barinada. So I'm afraid, guys, we're out of time. And that is where we come to the end of today's episode um choosing a co-founder legally and i'd like you to go back and listen and listen and listen again as we are building anything um know that talimia is um here to support you what we're trying to um, do or what we're already doing is to ensure that we continuously design experiences right so that you can move from zero to one whatever zero it means to you or wherever you are you're able to move from that point you know up until one and clickboard is one of such experiences that we've designed bringing in you know african um, founders you know in different industries different niche so that we can prefer african um, problems we can prefer african solutions you know to african problems of course talimia is um the platform or maybe the only platform that is founded by africans driven by africans and for Africans. With that, I would like to say toodles and have a great day ahead. Bye.